Welcome back to Mornings with Simi. That's uh, those are the Pogues, fairy tale of New York, and you know you can see you can feel the tone and tenor of any song in the first couple of lines. In the first couple of lines of that song, I googled it. It it was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, and that pretty much sets the tone of this song. But we are asking our listeners to give us uh, their favorite Christmas time song of all time. Um, we've had a lot of folks writing in and, of course, calling, so please do so. 604-331-2899, 604-331-2899. Uh, Jerry uh, emailed me and said, uh, Oh, Holy Night. Uh, is uh, her uh, favorite um, Christmas song. Sid uh, emailed me as well. Jazz, it has to be Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jazz. Merry Christmas to you as well, Sid. Thank you for writing in. And please do. It's jazz at cknw.com. Now, we played the Pogues uh, fairy tale of New York because our next guest, I think I'm told this is his favorite Christmas song. That's, of course, Vancouver's son, political columnist Vaughn Palmer and former rock critic as well. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Jazz. Absolutely right. My favorite Christmas song. It's a beauty. The video is fantastic, too. Highly recommended. Uh, Christy McCall, the late Christy McCall, singing with Shane McGowan of the Pogue. It's a heartbreaker of a song, but stirring at the end. Is that why you, it's your favorite? Yeah, I just everything. The melody's beautiful. The, the content is great. Uh, you know, it's, it's shocking, uh, but it's a love song, too. Great, yeah. great song. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. Well, uh, speaking of Merry Christmas, one person who's having a very Merry Christmas uh, this year is the uh, Premier John Horgan's <laughs> Chief of Staff, Jeff Meggs. Yeah, you know, so you always, Jazz, have to look at the year-end cabinet orders, the stuff they smuggle through in the holiday season, and they put through a dandy last Friday. The cabinet approved a pay raise for the Premier's Chief of Staff. So I love the way they word these things, right? That he be paid no more than 299000 Two hundred and fifteen dollars and five cents. So they can't pay him six cents. They can only pay him that and five. It's about three hundred thousand dollars. The liberals uh, spotted this in the cabinet orders. They're a few days late coming out, and it is the holiday season, so not everyone's reading as carefully. Anyway, the liberals flagged it. They make it a forty-four percent pay increase in one jump. the job of chief of staff to the premier uh, when Meg started back when John Horgan took office in 2017 was about 200,000 so it is now about 300,000 and that may, I make that a 50% pay raise in 4 years which is nice work if you can get it. Government's a 50 billion dollar plus operation the yep. provincial government it's a tough job it's a stressful job um why the need for a pay increase i mean 195 uh, is, is still well paid uh, of course compared to the average british columbian um but why this need now in your mind what, what well, was the reasoning <laughs> i know i know looking at the files so that he's now actually paid almost a hundred thousand dollars a year more than the premier <laughs> well maybe it's a tougher job i <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I mean, people have joked about it, right, that Megs is easily the most powerful man in government other than the premier. Uh, so, you know, what the hell, you're paying him what he's worth. Look, it's not personal, really. Uh, I'm following, I've known Jeff Meggs since he worked for the previous NDP government. That's right, he's a director uh, of communications, I think. when he was on Vancouver City Council, and the thing I remember about Meggs when he was on City Council in Vancouver was when they had something nice to do, Gregor Robertson, the mayor, would be on the radio 
CEO and out there talking about it. When it was a tough job, it was Megs's job to go out and defend and explain it. So he's a smart guy. None of that is issue. I, it's an optics question. And how does it look when everyone else is struggling? How does it look when the cabinet was still last week scrambling to decide what it was going to do to help businesses? There have been a couple of optical signals from the Oregon government this year, Jazz, that I I think people should Mm -hmm. take note of. Uh, The premier's office budget was increased by 30% last spring. He added a big new secretariat on policy and so forth at more than a million dollars, and his chief of staff has now got what is, you know, as I said, looking over the four years, a 50% raise, even 44% is pretty steep. Yeah. Uh, you've got to wonder if he's if he's imp- increased his office budget by 30%, a policy secretary at $1.6 million. You know, the government at this point has been overwhelmed with COVID, uh, flooding, and many other issues in and around climate change. Uh, but there has, there's going to be, I would assume, a significant policy agenda coming up in the spring of next year and moving forward because there's lots of things the NDP want to do beyond just deal with COVID and the floods and, and some of the wildfire issues. That, that's true, Jazz. But, you know, I think one of the reasons that people are in, in kind of in awe of Jeff Meggs or maybe afraid of him, uh, you might put it that way, in the public service is because they recognize that everything's run out of the premier's office, right? I mean, the premier has the entire government at his beck and call. It's a $60 billion operation. If he wants economic policy, he's got an economic policy ministry. He's got a health ministry for health policy. He's got... And as I say, an entire government at his beck and call, and Jeff Meggs' beck and call, why they need an additional policy secretariat in the premier's office at over a million dollars escapes me, I have to say. John Horgan was asked about it, Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, as you suggest, uh, Jazz, we have an ambitious agenda. Well, Jeff Meggs certainly does. You know, I I just look at it and go, I think you're sending the wrong kind of signal right now, and you're hoping to get away with it because we're all distracted by the holiday season and we're all distracted by all the genuine crises out there. But look, I see the latest opinion poll gives John Horgan a 60% approval rating. So, you know, uh, maybe uh, they're quite right that they can get away with it. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised in the sense that I know when when COVID uh, first began, uh, MLAs in the legislature in the last um, in the 2017 Parliament um, took a pay freeze uh, because British Columbians were hurting, and I don't know if that's still uh, in place now. But to, to have no, such they lifted a, it, yeah. It, it, well, there you go. So, and then yeah. and then significant increase yeah, of 50. percent And you know, we don't pay our MLAs way out of line. They're a little over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. I don't think that's out of line. Uh, Premier is paid, as I said, a little over two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, you know, you look across the country, he's not the highest paid premier uh, or anything like it. So in general, I think, and the benefit packages are good, all that is true. I, I get all that. But as I said, I think it's more a case of um, the kind of arrogance that comes from uh, the season, uh, from being secure in your polling numbers yes. and from believing that the public has so many other worrisome things on their plate that they're going to, oh, yeah, right, tell me about it sometime when I'm not worrying about the pandemic and my job and my health and being able to travel and my business and all that. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the other, uh, when we're looking back at the worrying trends, of course, has been the anti-vaxxer protests, um, but also we've uh, seen many threats against MLAs. Uh, in one case, uh, recently, Katrina Con- Katrine Conroy was uh, attacked uh, near the legislature as well, and there's been a myriad of issues. It, it's, it's quite concerning yes. that we can disagree on many policy issues, but the threats uh, or, or the trends that you're seeing now over and over again, it, it, it's 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 escalating, and that's very worrying in regards to what we're seeing. It, it really is. And the first thing I think I would note is that um, this has affected all parties. Mike Bernier of the Liberals had people going to his house, uh, had people threatening his life. Um, we have uh, Sonia Firstenau, the leader of the Greens. She's having to move her constituency office because... She's getting protests at the office, which, you know, it's an MLA, so you get protests there. But her constituency office is in a building that shares space with other businesses, and the people in those businesses feel threatened by the people that are screaming and yelling at uh, First and O's office. So First and O's decided to move her office. And you mentioned a new Democrat this week, Brittany Anderson, uh, the member for Nelson Creston, saying that she and her staff have been threatened. So it is a disturbing thing. We hear um, that the protests at the legislature, that the security staff at the legislature, legislature is the most secure British building in British Columbia, and it is an appropriate place for protest. But the security staff at the legislature is saying, you know, people that are showing up for the anti-vaccine protests, they're, they're a more disturbing group than a lot of the enviro protesters we've had. You, you remember the hanging and effigies thing. So uh, my concern is that is is one thing is what's going to happen, and I think what you're going to see, Jazz, is more security because in the past, uh, security has been increasing for premiers. It's been increasing for the buildings and for MLA offices. That'll increase. The thing that really worries me is that we've seen in the past, a lot of this is violent rhetoric. It's stupid people. It's people out of control. But we also saw you know, in the abortion protests, that there are some really disturbed individuals that take this stuff literally and actually do violence. Don't just threaten it. So that's what worries me. I hope uh, I hope I'm I'm wrong about it. I hope there's nothing really to worry about other than than you know the threats. Um, and we don't know. You mentioned Katrina Conroy off the top, the forest minister mm-hmm. who was attacked. Police are still looking for an explanation for what happened there. She suffered a concussion, was having trouble remembering exactly what happened. Wow. Uh, we don't know what was behind that one. That may just be a disturbed person in the vicinity of the legislature, which is no comfort to the forest minister, but it may not, and we shouldn't even suggest it is linked to any of these political protests. Yeah. Vaughn, thank you for your time. I'm not in tomorrow, so I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoyed my time with you this week, and always look forward to chatting with you. Thank you so Have much. Have a good holiday season, Jeff.